Hey, thanks for listening to Made In. This podcast is hosted by me, Jasmine, and my better half, Evie. And we are two Asian Canadian women in Toronto talking about current events, culture, and society moments. We hope that Made In is a safe living room space where you can feel like you're sitting on the couch with us and joining in on the conversation. Thanks for being here. Hello, we're back. Just me and Ev. It's Jasmine, Ooh. if anyone didn't know. Welcome back, guys. Just us gals. Hi. Just Gabin. It's funny how you were like, just in case nobody knows, because I'm like, they know. <laughs> they know, Jasmine. The most bubbly, energetic, joyful person. And I'm here like a old ass grandpa always talking shit. And I'm so Yo. ready to do that today again because uh, yeah. like we have a lot to impact. We got we got some things on our mind. But if you gas me up too much on this, I feel like people probably listen and be like, wow, Jazz has nothing nice to say about Avi Evie. No, 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 no. It's not even that. It's like we don't gas each, each other enough anyways in life. Right. So this is just energy a there. normal practice to just gas each other. And instead yeah. of me being like, whoa, can you calm down? I'll be like, yeah, I like your energy. I'm going to try to reach you. So let's oh, do no, that. Thank you. Let's do that. All <laughs> Always. Right. Okay, well, I'm going to bring down the energy a little bit and humble <laughs> myself because so um, if anyone that's in Toronto, we obviously have like non-essential businesses open. Open, that's like at the street level. So I uh, work at a clothing store um, and I had my first shift back over the weekend. And it was like, obviously, customers are crazy. Like the lines are, are around the block. And um, we've been taking a lot of returns because obviously, since stores were closed, uh, we are like overseeing. I mean, I, we're making exceptions that are like way past the return policy. Okay. And I won't name the place that I work at, but People who have been listening probably know. But anyways, we have a pretty like strict return policy, but we obviously manage by exception. Yeah. Anyways, this young gal comes in and she is doing a bunch of online returns. And of course, personally, as just like a normal human and as a customer, if I'm doing a lot of returns, you would think to keep all of your order numbers a bit organized so that your processing time is a bit efficient, right? But not for this person. She decided to drop like six different items and they are all under different order numbers. So I'm like writing down all these like 10 digit numbers every single time trying to figure out like what item belongs with which. And then like she was just like causing a bit of uh, of a, a fit. And then I just got really annoyed. So I like gave her the store credit and walked away. She mm. comes back again, wants to buy a couple of things. So I'm like scanning all these items in and I tell her the total. And then she goes, oh, I'm not buying any of that. Can you look for a size for me X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, honey, you watched me scan all these items in and you don't want to buy any of them? Why didn't you stop me like 10 minutes ago? So yeah. then at this point, I'm fuming because I had another customer who was like super rude to me. And then she was with like a friend. And as soon as I'm done that transaction, I turned to my like Korean coworker. And this is me owning up to my complete... Um, professionalism, I looked to her in Korean and I said, oh my gosh, she's so chazangna, which means she's so annoying. And my face said it all where to the point the customer's friend looked at me and goes, what was your name again? And I had to oh tell her my. what my name was. And then I was like, honestly, these girls are too young. I don't think they'll be writing like an email to my manager about this. But I was scared that she was going to expose me on social media. Is that like such a sad re realization that... With the Gen Z 
and the cancel culture that I'm in, I'm fucking scared that because of my rude ass customer service, I'm going to get canceled on social media by some tweens. No, I mean, I feel like that's super real. But this is the thing. I, I have always said this, like, People need to not be assholes in people to people who work in customer service. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like it is really complicated. The fact that you even gave her store credit as someone who also worked in retail, I think that's like beyond generous. And I've already heard those stories. And it's like, yeah, I understand we work in a corporation, but then again, you're a worker. You don't own the place. It's like you're not, it's like a completely difficult situation. And it honestly feels like reminiscent in a different way. But you're you're right because of this whole. Uh, you know, they they could just be like, what's your name? I'm going to expose you, which is crazy. It was such a power move. And I was like, oh, you went there. Yeah, I but ready. and also Karen's have been doing that for years. So maybe they just took some notes out of Karen's, uh, you know, like, I'm going to call talk to your manager. But oh, I hate I'm those scared. people. I honestly I was scared. I, I'm sorry, but I honestly think that, like, er, like I said, everyone is required to do a serving customer f- like facing job if you don't know about that life you don't know how to be like a really decent person and if you are somehow still a decent person in a public setting like buying clothes or food and they don't have your size or whatever like no like you need to understand we're people it's crazy so I'm really sorry that happened that's so shit like Oh my God, and by the so way, much. you said you work at the at a clothing store, but like by the way, she also has like two other jobs and this. So it's not like her only job, but I know if she, like <laughs> if you catched up, like she actually does a lot of stuff. But it's so annoying. Everyone respect people who work in retail slash that are serving. Amen. Like Amen. that's it. Like don't be an asshole. Period. Yeah, it's that's... it's a lot. Tip those customer service people, man. Yeah. Minimum eighteen percent. All right. But that's my PSA of the day. I just yeah. need to get it out. I just need to own up to my rudeness and take accountability for it. And then be the fact that I was scared of a teenager who's going <laughs> to out me on TikTok. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I totally get it. And this is this is like, well, today our conversation is going to be a little bit ranty. But if there's one thing I don't like on TikTok that has hit my algorithm, this uh Asian fishing, black fishing thing is something that is so I I, like I don't want it on my screen. And it's not to say like we are going to about to like jump in here to talk about some talk about diving in. Talk about Ollie London, which obviously is like the biggest. And I wouldn't even call it Asian fisher, just like literally a colonial man of the looks of trying to Mm -hmm. like of crying for oppression, all the stuff. But I just don't like the personal trend of, like, you know, Asian fishing. I feel like I've seen complicated ones where it's like, no, I actually am Asian. And people are calling out for Asian fishing. Mm. And you're like, look at my birth search. Like, it's too messy. Like, let's just not fuck. Like, let's not do that. Yeah. There's obviously a scale where it's too extreme and obviously gross, which we're going to get into. But having this as, like, a trend or your thing is, like, it's just so – I don't know if that's a thing to do. Like, I just think that's so – it goes so wrong. Like, how are you supposed to know? Like, you know, like you never even know. And it's just mm-hmm. like at this point, I've seen people who look or someone who might look sort of similar to me and has my structure. And again, sorry, Asian people have t- totally different eyes, nose structure. Like, yes, there's been talk like, oh, you guys like all look the same. But that isn't even true. And it's just like mm-hmm. it's just so weird that a there's people that would want to go all the way to Asian fish or black fish, which is you should check yourself for that. But then the mm-hmm. whole trend of catching people as well is like so, oh, it could get so messy. It's a vicious circle. Yeah, I think it's like so toxic. Um, So I guess the them in question, because I think their pronouns are 
them, Day, and Cor, and Rian. Um, so basically, there's this person named Ollie London, who uh, by this point, I had never heard of them before until like a week ago. They are famous for, actually, I have no idea, and I'll use the term famous very loosely, but they have a lot of Instagram and YouTube followers. Um, they went through a lot of plastic surgery because they are obsessed with K-pop and looking like Korean. Um, so they got like 15 different plastic surgeries, I think like four different nose drops. Uh, they even got like fat uh, inserted under their eye, like where your eye bags are so that it'll be more like squinty looking to be more like almond shape as Asians. They are obsessed with one of the BTS members, Jimin. And um, to a point that... Um, they actually went to Vegas and like got married to a cardboard cardboard cutout of that person. And yeah, now just recently came out uh, during Pride Month saying that they are um, coming out as non-binary and they identify themselves as a Korean. Yeah, Evie, I, s- <laughs> I had no idea Korean can be a, a gender or, or gender marker. Did you know that? No, I mean... It's it's so embarrassing. Like, I, I was I was just looking at that. Like, I was looking at like his obsession, all the stuff. I had to look at all the platforms to see how many people are following because I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, we should not, mm-hmm. as a society, even celebrate this. And obviously, with his following and whatever he did before, to be able to afford 18 plus plastic surgery, you must have some money. But like, where are you getting this money? Yeah, because your content is so cringy. Yeah, it's so. It's just so, like, it's so disgusting and it's, like, such a slap in everyone's face. Like, what does it mean? Maybe you're getting plastic surgery to look like someone else. And I already think that's a little bit, like, strange. Like, it, I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard, right? Like, yes, there's beauty standards. We're not going to ignore that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of you are a white man from, are you from England? Like, you're a white dude. Yeah, you have England. totally changed everything uh, and now identify as Korean. You cannot, it's not even the same kind of you thing. You can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, get out, get it out there. Like, you can't wake up one day and just be like, I'm just going to identify myself as Korean. Like, you just can't do that. Uh, Just for like maybe more context, I'll read their Instagram caption. Um, It goes... I just want to set the record straight. It's Pride Month and I've always struggled with identity issues, being confused about who I am as a person. I took the difficult and brave decision to come out as non-binary and Korean to help millions of other LGBTQI plus young people around the world, K-pop fans and Korean people to feel confident enough to be able to be free, no fear to be able to express themselves and how they identify. In South Korea, there are millions of unrepresented LGBTQ people, blah, blah, blah. Sure, that sentiment is correct, and I will give them that. But they go on to saying, I want to be the beacon of life for these brave people to tell it's okay to express themselves and it's okay to come out to the world with however you identify. Yes, I identify as Korean. And just goes on and goes on. And I'm like, I'm I like, there's just so much wrong with that. And the scariest part is when I'm reading through the captions, Korean people are being like, oh my God, we love you, Ali Opa. And like other people are being like, you know what? Good for you. Like, I think it's just so toxic that there are people are like actually supporting this and like so fucked up to not know how fucked up this is. And like not like, well, to, to, to be honest, I feel like Ali London is like just way past of survival to like come back to the light. Like they are like, clearly like mentally not well to be able to go through it all of this but it was just like really shocking because i was excited to like 
let me dig into the captions and see what juicy teas out there. Yeah. No one is against them. No, I mean, you can also, if this is Instagram, you can also delete bad stuff. And I don't, first of all, like just unpacking identity, what it means to be Korean is so, obviously you can explain to me it's different for every single person, I think. But you guys share a history that is like of, you know, some wartime colonialism. Colonialism. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's a heavy, I think it's a heavy term. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you and among other people, like if someone had tried to do that and just like, I'm Chinese, like whatever, I identify as Chinese, like, okay. But like, first of all, like in a colonial system, Chinese or Asian people have been put down so many, mm-hmm. so much. And that term we had to actually like relearn and reclaim to really in- to love what it meant and what it meant was like through small remnants of little histories that we have and we don't have because we don't have a lot and that's the whole point mm-hmm. and you know there's still like a u.s occupation in korea like still after these days and there's still like two different koreas which is another difficult thing and like mm-hmm. identifying as korean isn't as simple as being like like you know it's not it's not that it's simple people are allowed to have their identity and like whoever they feel they are gender is different this isn't a thing like that this is like totally mm-hmm. just being like oh i just feel like i'm korean for a day like you can admire the culture you can give like you can like love it off give us the money awesome. yeah like, give it come money tour. come but, boost our economy but that doesn't give you any right to buy a label to say you're korean yeah, and also, but do it at a respectable distance and a, at appreciation and just know that, you know, obviously look inwards and everyone struggles with their own self-image, right? Like growing mm-hmm. up, I hated the way I looked because like I wanted to fit in with what I saw was predominantly white culture and assimilate mm-hmm. and whatever. And I know no matter how hard I tried, no matter, how, like I said, Uggs, no matter how much I dyed my hair, this shit isn't working. And it wasn't like I was doing that. It was just because that is the dominant culture. So I was mm-hmm. trying to get there. Right now we have this reversal of somebody who is a white white person who, you know, is from what the world has seen as a colonial, like as the top dominant culture that mm-hmm. is like, I'm Korean and like has no qualms about doing that and has no idea of how the difficult our histories are and also you know who even coined the term korea who even broke up the country who even like what who thrives there is there problems there like do they even know that and that's like the thing is like is so frustrating and i can only i see it from somebody who was also asian east asian who has seen people like oh i just love your like when we get the tattoos yeah fine get your tattoos it's just cringy af i don't really care like whatever it's super cringe but this is like a whole nother level like i just think like mm-hmm. like as like as a korean person what was your first thought when you like saw it like what was your first intrinsic emotion that came up i was honestly just confused it took a lot for me to process like actually what i was reading and i think also because i had zero context to who this person was so i had no idea to the extent of like their love for k-pop or their obsession with k-pop and i was actually brought it brought it was brought to my attention through the k-pals group that i have so like luann forwarded to me and then we were just all reading as like the group and oh my gosh it was just so messy and it was just so confusing and i it literally just like broke my brain i just mm. couldn't wrap my head around the fact that someone can just like identify themselves as korean as a white 
person. Like, it just, like, didn't make sense. And, yeah, and as I was, like, thinking a bit more about, like, the way they're positioning of, like, why they're Korean, I'm like, these are all, like, aesthetic choices. And, like, things you see on the outside, like, do you think you'll be scared to walk down the street during when COVID, in the thick of COVID, thinking that someone's going to scream at your face and punch you because you are Asian and they think everyone's Chinese? Like, they're never going to experience that. So, like, even, like, being Asian or, like, you know traumas of like bring stinky lunch to school like you're never gonna know that like there's literally no explanation in the world to be able to make this acceptable and it just like drives me nuts and like the fact that there's so many like supporters that are like for them also really scared me um and I understand this is like obviously the most extreme of the situation but yeah I think I've seen a couple of like videos come up on TikTok where it's like Asian fishing or like you know, I even got cringy when there was like all these videos when the BTS meal came out and like everyone is going through the McDonald's drive through like broke saying in like broken Korean, like, oh, like, Nuna, can I get the BTS meal like in Korean? And I was like, oh, my God, you're not even Korean. Like and like I understand the the love and the the embrace of K-pop culture in like other Asian countries. And like sometimes I'm like, you're not even Korean. But yeah. and then now there's like this white person that are like. I am Korean. No, I mean, I think that's confusing. And it's like kind of like that tattoo. I'm not going to stop you from getting it. It's not against the law. I just think it's cringy. It's a weird choice. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so strange. And it just makes it feel like, I think you said it so perfectly, like that what it means to be Korean is all these aesthetic things that aren't even true to everyone, right? Like, it's it's like you take the you take the parts that are fun to you. You take the parts that are mm-hmm. pretty to you. You take like oh like I love like that cat eye look. You know oh I love like and you think that's what it means to be like an Asian person or Babe, identify I as wish. Korean. Yeah, I wish that's what being Asian meant. <laughs> it's not that light. Like we don't have mm-hmm. the privilege of not caring, and we don't have the privilege to be able to to be able to think it's okay to just like. And I don't think it's okay, but to be able Mm -hmm. to just to like not care about the bad parts, right? Like there are parts of my features that I love. There's parts of my culture I really love and everything like that. But we all have generational trauma from our parents, from our grandparents about war-torn countries, about colonialism, about, uh, you know, moving here and trying to make it, about racism every day, about systemic racism. These are things that for me, I see myself as a Chinese Canadian because of all these things, knowing that it's Mm -hmm. different for you, knowing that it's different from another Chinese Canadian. The shared bond is between understanding that we are faced against a dominant power who has put in systems or that are racist and discriminatory towards us, right? So Mm -hmm. you cannot just take like the freaking funnest parts of it. Like, oh my God, I want to make my eyes like like this. And I just want to do like, I don't know, like, I want to get, like, this whole uh, geisha fit, and I want to do surgery, like, like flat or nose. Like, that's not it. That is such a shallow mm-hmm. understanding of what it means to be Korean. I think that's what makes mm-hmm. you the most angry. Like, for me, if it was like, oh, it's this dude who's just trying to be Jimin B- BTS person. Sorry, not dude. They are just trying to be a BTS member. I might be like, wow, this is really extreme. Like, and I think it's a creepy, like, it, you know, it's kind of creepy to just be anything like that. But I think the next step of com- coming out as Korean, like, no, like that is like, no. you cannot even understand the volumes of you know, current, past, generational, like now, future traumas that are to be experienced that go through like the everyday of 
you know, depending on where you even grow up, like you, it's different from when you're in Korea, it's from when you're like an immigrant here to when you're born here. It's just so, mm-hmm. it's so messy. So like, it's I totally fucked. get that. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, on the other hand of things, like if I was Jimin, I would be so terrified. Like yeah. I would, I would have a restraining order on loop. Like I don't, I just like he, they shouldn't even be able to like land their feet into Korea. Like I think they should be banned. Like it's actually so terrifying. And I understand as like, as someone, as a group, as big as BTS, like it must be, they must have so many more crazy fans that are obsessed with them. But like having someone that's so publicly trying to look like them marry their cardboard cutout and it's just like continuing to like have this face, I would be terrified if I was him. Yeah, totally. And you know what? This really reminds me of like uh, this episode of Rachel Dolezal, who is a white is woman. That? She's a white woman who... Uh, I think she... I don't even know. Like I need to read it back. But she basically won the NAACP award, which is like an African-American award in the mm. U.S. But she also, I think at the time, had said something like, I'm African-American. And, you know, the aesthetics of like her, her hair or everything uh, was trying to be like, you know, like trying to copy features or take features from, I guess, what she saw as African-Americans. And she was like, no, I'm like advancing, the like not advancing. I'm like part of the culture. I'm like one of you. I'm like... Uh, I'm trying to move things forward. I'm trying to like fight racism, but it's like, okay, like, could you just be an ally and do that at a respectable distance? Like you don't get to claim that you're black and this goes to so many Asian people as well. Like what's that Korean rapper guy? Oh my God, Jay Park. (gasps) We need to talk about Jay Park. (laughs) Yeah, like this is not your identity and this is not Mm -hmm. for you like whatever but basically she was just like i'm black and won like this award and people are like she's not even black and it's like actually insanity so like taking the features taking the culture then getting platformed just like ollie london is like hundreds of thousands of followers is not nothing to fall on and also obviously Mm -hmm. you're making money somehow and Mm -hmm. it's like all these people are still taking from our culture by trying to be us and that's so colonial in a way and I don't mean us, but I just mean like, you know, us as a racialized, as racialized people. It's just so difficult to see. But I also saw that with Jay Park in that video. Yeah. I was like, hey, like, no. It's 2021. <laughs> and OK, so background. I didn't get to watch the music video, but Jay Park, who is a really famous K-pop um, artist, a rapper, he has like history in like California. So he's like very, he speaks English like perfectly, but always like very active in the Korean music industry. He's always been in like hip hop and we've already called out like the problematic, um, like blackface culture of Korean music and in the hip hop industry. So I will acknowledge that. Um, but it's 2021 and Jay Park. I guess put out this music video where he is, um, I think it's like taken down from YouTube now, but he's basically wearing like dreadlock or some like hair appropriating black culture. And also, um, yeah, there was a lot of just like elements, I think within it, um, that, and then he went live and then he just got so much backlash. And then I was reading through his apology, which was like a five carousel of apology <laughs> on his like YouTube aesthetic video. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. And it, it, was, it was just like a horrible non-apology. It was just like, I'm sorry, but like, I really appreciate it. Like I really look up to black culture. That's what made me who I am today. I just want to show appreciation. I'm like, bruh, you missed the fucking mark. 
Yeah, like this is what I mean. I think there needs like obviously there's not a fine line ever between appreciation and basically taking someone's shit and then remixing yourself and like trying to be part of it, right? There's no mm-hmm. fine line. Every situation is different. And I will definitely put that out there. But I think as humans, collectively, yes, we have different points of view, but I'm sure that some of us can agree when we have big figures like this, that things are a little bit overboard. Like, I think you can tell, right? Like, Mm -hmm. use your gut, get a check, talk to a friend, figure it out. Like, how do you feel about it? Like, and for a lot of people, and I think Black, Asian, Indigenous people, like, you know, like when you first saw that uh, Ollie London thing the first thing like it's a gut reaction you're like what the fuck right like comes mm-hmm. out of your gut it's not like it's your most um, in it's your most like innate reaction in the moment and I wouldn't question that but the thing is like obviously marinate and think on it but I think those things like shouldn't be questioned those people these are the kind of people and these people like we have been like oppressed in different ways right so like when we see uh, someone trying to take something from someone else like and it just seems wrong it just seems off I just feel like the you just need a gut check on that, knowing it's going to be different every time. And it's just like, I think, yes, in this world where we're talking about, like, cancel culture, whatever, we also have to understand mm-hmm. that, like, these people aren't canceled. Like, Rachel Dolezal is still talking, and she you can actually buy cameos from her. Uh, this guy uh, obviously is still thriving, getting more surgeries, and Jay Park mm-hmm. is going to continue doing Jay Park. Like, he made statements like, I don't see color, and it's like, Oh no, my God, yeah. that is not like that is not. And hip hop is a universal language that like goes beyond religion, ethnicity. Yes, we can all appreciate hip hop, mm-hmm. but know where it came from. And like, I know he says, yes, it's from black and Latino culture. But to do that and then wear the hairstyles like dreads, like braids. And then also the, st- the song is by Kendrick Lamar, who himself oh, is not yes. has been always like speaking out about you know, really educational, historic things about black culture and putting into Mm -hmm. music and then taking that and be like, I'm going to do a Korean version of that while wearing like all those, like those hairs. I was like, oh, it gives me superpowers. It's the same thing almost as like, I'm going to get surgery so I look Asian and like I could be Asian. Like it gives me powers like, Mm -hmm. and you're just taking the aesthetic without understanding the historical shit that went behind it. And so like, I think it's just like very, it's the same thing what we say about like, gua sha stuff when it's like creepy when it's like or that mahjong thing that like three texan white ladies want to refresh like Mm -hmm. you just took this gorgeous game with tons of thousands of years of history and you're like it's not that pretty so i just want to take the game and i want to make it pretty and i'm going to charge 500 dollars for it exactly so like Mm -hmm. all these people have like a position of power they have something to be able to speak out obviously jay park is korean so obviously there's a different set of understandings but it's like so weird that like white people when they go to an obsession point like they need to do this it's just like so creepy like it's Mm -hmm. it's creepy it's wrong but it's like also just like straight up creepy and you look not right (laughs) <laughs> Babe, if I can just say that good. I'm so sorry like you should definitely get a refund um, I think it's like point of no return but yeah I think it's it's a really good point that you brought up Jay Park because like yeah Asian people do it too like there's so many mistakes that we've made but it just made me really upset that like from someone like Jay Park who's so heavily influenced in the Californian culture and to be able to still make this mistake and I think a part in his apology statement he actually says that like their PR people didn't want him to yeah. post it yeah. and then he still did it and i'm like you should listen to your pr person because they know what they're talking about and yeah i know we mentioned this a lot of times in our previous episodes too but like korea has so much work to do especially in the k-pop industry that is riding off of trying to get you know 
worldwide recognition and especially trying to make it into Hollywood and like North America. But yeah, so cringy. I think it's so embarrassing. And we still had this show called like Show Me the Money where um, all the Korean kids go try out and it's like a rapping show and they like whoever wins like you know gets a lot of promotion and stuff like that but like all the kids that show up are like so appropriating black culture to the point that it's like really really cringy and like I think Koreans still haven't wrapped their head around wrapped their head around like the actual significance and like how wrong it is and I think because they're in like a is it called a homogenous country when they're only like one race yeah yeah being a homogenous country like I think yeah with you know all the high money still like you know being scared of black people or like whatever all those like generational racism that has been embedded there is a lot of work to do but like I think someone like Jay Park I like did they I respected him a bit more to think that he wouldn't be the one to make those like blatant mistakes, especially someone who's so heavily involved in the music industry. But yeah, you live and you learn. And I hope that this was an opportunity for him to actually like learn about it versus like, you know, react and just like apologize and try to think that like the cancel culture will blow away. Like I think there needs to be some like actual recommendation. Rep- rep- what's that word? Reprimands. <laughs> I think <laughs> reprimands. Some consequences. Yeah, consequences. And I know what you mean. Like, basically, homogenous countries, like, I know for, like, there's so many videos of, like, black people in China and getting photos taken of them. And they're like, oh, can I be in the photo too? I think that happens in Korea. I think that's that. It is a lot of uh, unlearning. They don't have the resources there. And the more that we can, you know, share news with them, there's just a big disconnect, not mm-hmm. just because of language, but just the way news works, like in the world where it's heavily, it seems like when you're living in the West out here, like it's dominated by like Western media, right? So you won't really see what's going on. But I think more and more, especially because of black protests, indigenous protests, more people in the world know what's going on out here, like in the US with police mm-hmm. brutality, uh, with, you know, all this history of genocide in Canada, of course, also in the States, because, you know, before Canada and States were countries, there was no borders and indigenous people lived here, like, and Native Mm -hmm. people happily. So it's like, it's a lot of work, but honestly, black protest is always like leading the way and indigenous protests as well. And so hopefully, like, we can get our messages out. But I also feel like one thing that really helps and I really tried during this time was just like calling my mom. And I know she is she like has done a lot of anti-oppression training and stuff, but even just going mm. to talk to her, it'd be like, hey, you might understand this, but like here are some actionables. And then a big actionable is like you call your relatives in Hong Kong or you call um, mm. whatever and tell them about what's happening here. Because I think that's the wow. biggest thing that we need to do for them to understand that people see Canada or the U.S. especially as like the the land of dreams. Like you can do anything here, but it really, you're only afforded that privilege without caring about anything else if you're a certain type of person. It's not for mm-hmm. every single person. So that's like something that does help. And then it'll help like us educate people more on like why this is so wrong. Why it is, you cannot come out as Korean, okay? Like that is so weird. Like that is just like, throwing away all the bad shit and just being like, I look on my eyes like this. I'm Korean. Like that is mm-hmm. like how it really sounds. So it's just like, it, it is how it sounds. Yeah. yeah. And it's just shallow. So like, it is a complicated situation. It is fluid. I'm not going to be out here to make like big ass gestures. But when I see something creepy and when I see something that doesn't sit right with me, 
I'm 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 gonna call it out. And that's pretty much oh, it is. Yeah, hundred percent. I haven't stopped thinking about it ever since I saw it. But you're <laughs> right. I think that's such a good point. And like, what a good what a good daughter you are, calling your mom, telling, keeping her updated on the latest news. Um, I think it's really cool to even like extend it to like your extended families to just like, hey, like this is what's been going on because it's so easy for us to be like, how do they not know about like black. Yep. Uh, Black Lives Matter, like all this stuff. But like, of course, our social media algorithms are bombarded with it because you obviously clearly share community with like-minded people, but their algorithms or our families and stuff is going to be totally different. So I think sometimes like humbling myself to also be like, you know what, my normal and my expectation isn't always going to be the same as the other people. So like extending questions, ask with curiosity. um, I think that's also definitely a good step, which I will try to have more of an open mind as well. Definitely. That's my goal. Again, as we, you know, leave this episode, I'm going to just call my parents. And then I always, I'm like, I'm oh like a, God. I'm like Don't a pyramid. feel guilty. I'm like a pyramid scheme person. I'm like, so mom, if I tell you about this, can you tell five more people and the one in Hong Kong? And, <laughs> and then can then you get I'll come them? come dinner with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then can you get them to also tell five more people? And that's how I really work. But like, oh my God. God. take this away like it works like i mean it's sometimes a lot of convincing but it's like you might as well fight for it if you're gonna believe in it like you want your own parents to believe in it so yeah evie wow evie i didn't know you're running like a you know, <laughs> scheme over here selling some like snake oil essential oils to your, to your family members love it keep it up will do okay cool well thanks for listening guys this was a a cute little rant session but i'm glad you guys uh, made it all the way to here uh to wrap it up <laughs> it's great to have you guys listen to our rants and please leave us comments learnings disagreements yeah, what are your thoughts yeah you tell let us. us know it's a mess yeah <laughs> okay bye guys see you guys thank you so much for listening to made in email us at hi at imadein.com we're also on instagram and twitter at imadein underscore thank you again <laughs>